sure that I'm imparting the heart that I, I believe God has for us as, as a leadership. And I, I want you to look in, in your Bible, if you take it and, and look with me, the book of Deuteronomy. Uh, and and I, I want to just kind of speak into you today. Um, I said this Sunday, the danger can always be that we, we get stuck in organization when God wants to set the house in order. And order is very different from organization. Organization deals with the static. It deals with the, the, that that's dead. Order deals with that that's full of movement, full of life. And so the church is not meant to be static. The church is meant to be dynamic. But it does have a freedom from chaos. Okay? So when you set something in order, there's no chaos. God sets the planets in order. They move. They spin. I mean, the heavens are filled with all kinds of activity, yet there, there's no chaos. Why? Because he set it in order. Um, I mean, the planets spin. And while they're spinning, they're orbiting the sun. I mean, it's amazing. Right. And there's not collisions of, you know, uh, Mercury and Venus. Hmm. Everything's set and moves. And, you know, then moons are spinning around those planets. And all this activity. Yeah. Because God set it in order. Good. There's no chaos. God wants us to learn how to live where there's movement where there's activity and not get caught in the trap of thinking, well, this, you know, this is just, this is, this is bugging me because it's just too much going on. I will tell you, that's the way God wants it to happen. He wants there to be a lot going on. He wants there to be a lot of movement, a lot of life, a lot of activity, but he wants there to be no chaos. And don't allow, and I, I really want to say this to the pastors, don't allow the temptation to start organizing uh, to creep in. You know, when I say organizing, I'm talking about, you know, we, we, we want to just make sure everything has its place and stays in its place. And I use that, that analogy of the graveyard on, on Sunday morning. Dead things stay in their place. That's right. But living things don't. Good. We don't want to have a dead church. We want a living church. Yeah. But we don't want chaos. Yeah. We don't want confusion. Yeah. So how do we learn how to cooperate with what the Holy Spirit is doing? And one of the things that, you know, and I said this Sunday, we're talking about honoring the work of the Holy Spirit. Honoring the work of the Holy Spirit. And it's not just in the application of the gifts of the Holy Spirit in church services, for heaven's sake. I mean, I thank God for that. But I mean, well, I'm going to tell you, that that is like a, a, a micro piece of what the Holy Spirit wants to do. One of the things that God wants to do is to begin to unlock our thinking. Yeah. He wants to release your thinking. I, 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 I want to challenge all of us that we need to begin to live really on the edge uh, in our thinking. Uh, how many of you know God is always doing a new thing? Yeah, man. Since he's always doing a new thing, we ought to always be involved in a new thing. Yeah, God's always doing something fresh. He's doing something innovative. He's doing something creative. He's doing something that's always on the edge. And we, we need to learn how, how to live in the edge. Yeah, we yeah. need to learn to live in an environment that doesn't always seem or feel safe. Right. In the, I'm talking about in the natural. Yeah. You know, where, where, you know we, we, we want things to be so safe 
graveyards are really safe places. You never mm -hmm. have to worry about, I mean, nobody jumps up and grabs you or anything like that. It's just there. Uh, we don't want a dead graveyard. We want this thing where there's always this, this kind of a healthy riskiness, if you know what I'm talking about, um, where, where there's life. Well, that's the environment where the Holy Spirit moves. That is the environment. And, and I, I, I want to emphasize one particular creative element of the Holy Spirit today, and that is in the area of wealth creation. Because I, I, I happen to believe that the church has probably been the most static organization on planet Earth as it relates to money. I, I, I see it again and again. Now, I'm not talking about Christians in general. We have a lot of Christians that, that understand it. But the truth of the matter is the church has a, uh, hasn't a clue when it comes to money and resources. They have a very limited mindset. I will tell you, I believe that most Christians live on a survival mindset. Most Christians live with a barely get by mindset. How can God use us to the degree that he wants to use us if we're not tapping into the Holy Spirit's power for wealth creation and for release of resources for the advancement of God's kingdom? Can't happen. Can't happen. And I, I, I want to get us out of, of any welfare mentality. I want to get us out of any kind of thinking of, well, this is the way it's always been. This will be the way it's all always is. And I have to learn to live with this. Now, I do believe that there is a heart of contentment that we ought to have. But a heart of contentment is not the same as a heart of complacency. Okay? Contentment is, yes, I am grateful for what God has done and for where I'm at. But complacency says, I'm going to stay where I'm at. Right. God doesn't want us complacent. Yeah. God always wants us reaching out for more. Good. God wants us always pushing the boundaries. God, how many of you know faith is always out there beyond where we are? That's right. Faith goes beyond what we already have. Faith is living in an arena and a realm where we are not yet possessing the things that we know God wants to bring. Right. I want to I give this to you, and this is a tweetable quote. God can only take you as far as your dreams. He can't take you past what you can dream. Why? Because faith lives in that arena. Good. You know, you want to stay where you are? Well, just don't ever dream another dream. I will tell you, if you're not dreaming dreams, you're probably dying. Because God put his spirit within us. And if there's anything that is the language of the Holy Spirit is dreaming dreams. It is the language of the spirit. And so there are always new things, innovative things, creative things that God wants to do. Good. I find this verse of scripture amazing. And I, I've, I've taught on it, I think, probably two years ago here. And it's something that really has stirred my soul. And I, I, I'm going to do more on this, but in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18, here's God speaking to Israel, and he gives them this very straight up, strict instruction, you shall remember the Lord your God. Now, he gives them an instruction to remember the Lord, 
because the Lord is the source. Yeah. Amen. The Lord is the fountainhead. Yeah. The Lord is the place we got to keep our attention. Yeah. You remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the power to get wealth. Yes. Amen. That he may confirm his covenant that he swore to your fathers as it, it is this day. I mean, I, I don't know how that grabs you, but that verse just absolutely grabs me. You'll remember the Lord your God, for it is he, it is he, God, who gives you the power to get wealth that he might establish his covenant in the earth. There's so much in that, that passage of scripture. That one verse is just filled. I mean, it gives us the place where our attention should be, that God is wanting to impart to us things that we haven't thought about yet, things that we've not seen yet. God wants to pull the blinders off our eyes. He wants to lift off of us the barriers to our understanding and bring us into something fresh and new. Yes, amen. It is God that gives you the power to get wealth mm. that he might establish his covenant in the earth, which says to me this, that without the release of wealth, there is not the establishment of the covenant in the earth. Mm -hmm. What are we giving our life to? We're giving our life to the advancement of God's kingdom, are we not? That's right. Amen. Are we giving our life to the advancement of, of, of seeing God's covenant established in the earth? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I loved it. Justin was sharing a little bit of a, of a dream he has stirring in his heart in the uh, uh, meeting we had earlier. And uh, this is Reformation, uh, a 500th anniversary of, of, of Martin Luther nailing the thesis to the Wittenberg door and and uh, so from that, of course, that whole understanding, you know, up until that point in time, the word of God was kept within the confines of only a handful of people. And uh, Martin Luther, the Bible he read, was chained to a post. And the Bible didn't go, wasn't in the hands of every day. Are you, you thankful for the Bible, the word of God that you get? You, and, and so Justin had it in his heart. He said, man, I want to do an art, uh, you know, a, some kind of a display. Here they are. They're meeting in the Orlando Museum of Art. And. Uh, so he presented the idea uh, the past few days to museum directors, and they love it. They want to do a, a, a display and, and kind of, what did you call it? A, yeah, an exhibit. An exhibit um, on the Bible. I just say what Scott tells me. On the Bible, an exhibit. And, and, and so he and Scott have been collaborating and talking about, you know, and have reading nights and all of that kind of thing. What, reading, just where they're just reading the Bible and maybe put together lists of people to come through, you know, like get the mayor to come and read his favorite verse. Wouldn't that be a great thing? You know, get Patty Sheehan, who has led kind of the, the LBGTQQRXWIXYZ community, uh, let her come and read her favorite verse. I mean, could you imagine if people just started reading their favorite yeah. verse of, of Scripture and put the Bible back within the culture? Wouldn't that be amazing? Yeah. Well, it was just a God idea. Yeah. I said it once since I heard it. I thought that, that came from the Holy Spirit. So listen, God is always wanting to thrust us into new things. Now, I want you to look at that verse with me again. You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth, that he might confirm his covenant that he swore to your fathers as it, it is this day. One of the things that God has been really digging at me about is that we utilize everything that he's given to us 
and that we allow him to put new things within our hands to advance his kingdom purpose. Mm -hmm. That word power, and I, I, I want to just direct your attention to a couple of things. First of all, he didn't say, for it is God that gives you money. He did not say that. For it is God that gives you money. That is not what it says. It says God gives you power. God gives you power. He didn't give you money. He gives you power. One of the reasons we've got poor Christians is because they think, they think that they, God gives them money. You're focused on the wrong thing. God gives you power. What is power? It actually is three things. And this is a, an amazing way for you to begin to think. And I believe that if we will get into this, because too many times we're thinking if we can only get a few more bucks, we can make it. Let me tell you something. God's not wanting to give you just a few more bucks. God's wanting to release to you hidden revelation and hidden secret. Yeah. God wants to give you something that far transcends just a few more bucks. Come on. You know, I'm not against few bucks, but well, guess what? When you get your few bucks, you'll spend your few bucks and you're back right where you started from. Right. But when you really tap into what the Holy Spirit is saying, he gives you power. Come on. Power. What is that power? The first thing that that power is, it's ability, it's insight, it's wisdom and creative understanding. God is a creative. We heard Scott talk about that. It's ability. It's insight. It's wisdom. It's creative understanding. Listen, I believe this, that if we're not careful, we can get into a management mentality. What is a management mentality? A management mentality is where I'm only handling the things that I've already got in my hand. That is not a faith mentality. That is not a faith mentality. Yes, God wants you to manage what you get in your hand. But how many of you know this? He wants to put a few more things in your hand. Amen. He's wanting to increase you. He's wanting to enlarge you. For what reason? So that you can be a part of establishing his kingdom covenant in the earth. Amen. That's what God's called us to. Yeah. So he doesn't give us money. He gives us ability. He gives us insight. He gives us wisdom and creative understanding. Most of us think we need more money. I will tell you, you need more power. You need more release of power. When you get the release of power, those, the money that you think you need will start chasing you. Amen. It'll start pursuing you. Now, I, I, I raise this question. Are you satisfied with where you are, or do you believe God for more in your life? If you're satisfied with where you are, you're living in a management mentality. If you're trusting God, if you want to live in faith, management mentality is not faith. And let me, let me just let you in on a sad insight from Scripture. Without faith, it's impossible to please God, for they that come to him must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. So living in a management mentality is not satisfactory for a believer. We have to live on that edge. We have to live in faith. We have to be pressing for something we don't yet see. Come on. That's the kind of heart I want in, the, in every one of the leaders of, of Good. one church. Good. Amen. I want this, this kind of ragged faith like a John Tompkins that goes out in the middle of Eustace and just says, I just want to do, I, I just want to do this. I see something. Come on. 
doesn't exist yet, but I see it. Yeah. yeah. Amen. And I want to see it become a reality. And he, yes. he just gets out there and goes and sells his motorcycle and puts his own money up and does whatever. Not because he wanted to lose the money that he had in his motorcycle, but because he had a dream that was bigger. Yeah. Amen. He had something that was more important. Yeah. Listen, there's there's something in that that is of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Yeah. The, you know, we see the fruit of it, but there was a whole lot more that preceded the fruit. What we saw was a release of something in the heart of John that came from God. Yeah. How many more things does God want to release in all of our hearts? Yes, Certainly, shouldn't there be a culture that is just absolutely pregnant with the supernatural? Yes. That is, if there's anything that's the hallmark of our life, it ought to be the supernatural manifestation of God again and again and again and again. Yes, amen. Can somebody tell? I might be getting a little excited Ooh. about this. Come on. It's ability, it's insight, it's wisdom and creative understanding. I believe this, that church is not going to always look like church looks like now. Yeah. And if you want to run after God, God will start doing some things and what church will look like, he'll take you into the thing where he's moving. Because mm -hmm. he's moving, always. The second thing that that, it, that that word power is, it's not just wisdom and creative insight, but it is capacity. Good. It is the increase of capacity. Every one of us have a limited capacity. We have been trained according to certain things. Hmm. I grew up in a certain kind of home. I was taught in a certain kind of way. Some of those things that I was taught are not consistent with what God wants. Hmm. Now, I grew up in a Christian home. But Sandy already alluded to this. When we started this church, the Holy Spirit said, recklessly abandon everything you've been taught or trained. Why? Because what I'd been taught or trained was inconsistent and incompatible with where God wanted to take me. Now, listen, I was raised in a good home. I had godly parents. They loved Jesus. My grandparents loved Jesus. But those things had trained me and shaped me. And what God was saying is, listen, I want to take you past where you've been shaped. I want to do more with you than you currently have as capacity. Mm. And I, I believe that's true with every single one of us. Good. That no matter how far God has taken you, he wants, wants to do more with you. Yes. He wants to enlarge you and increase you. It is his nature. God is always building things and always growing things. Just look at nature. Yeah. I mean, it's always producing. It's always happening. Yeah. You know, a tree comes up and it doesn't stay... You know, a seedling, it grows and becomes a mature tree. But it doesn't just grow and become a mature tree. It starts spreading seeds, and those seeds start falling. They start having seedlings, and they start growing up and becoming mature trees and spreading seeds. And multiplication is happening, and yes. life is happening. Yes. That's where God wants to take Amen. us. Yes. There is something about it that is so amazing. And there's an increased capacity. Come on. Your capacity is the ceiling that's on your life that has been put on your life by things other than God. Your education, your tradition, your parents, all of the things that have been spoken over you, they have a limiting capacity. They close you in and put you in a little box. I will dare say even your personality can make you in a, put you in a box. Well, that's not me. Well, do you know something? Sometimes we need to get over me. Come on. Yes. 
Sometimes we need to tap into the Holy Spirit who is bigger than me. Sometimes we need to say, God, will you enlarge me? Will you increase me? Will you do something in me that blows the sides of the box out? (laughs) Increase capacity. For it is God that gives you not only ability and wisdom and insight, but he gives you increased capacity. I could be a greater leader than I am currently. I could impact more people than I have. Thank God for what God has done in my life. I thank God for my past, but I don't want to live in my past. I want to live in a glorious future that's larger than my past. Okay? My history and my my past experiences are not the determining factor for my future. But when I tap into the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit becomes the determining factor for my future. So he blows the sides off the box. He gives us wisdom, creativity. He gives us innovation. And he he enlarges my ability. I'm no longer who I used to be. I'm different than I used to be. I may have used to gotten stuck at this level. But because I'm growing in grace and in the knowledge of my Lord and Savior, I no longer get stuck at that level. I'm now made for another level. Yeah, come on. He's taking me into a new level. Amen. An increase. Increase. One of the things I believe that we have to do if we want to really tap into that increased capacity is this. We have to have a fairly honest assessment of where we are now. Yeah. True. Yeah. You know? I need to have a fairly honest assessment of where I'm at. You know, I don't don't need to be speaking of myself more highly than I ought to think. I ought to be honest about where I'm at. But that doesn't mean I have to stay where I'm at. I can be honest about where I'm at and at the same time honest about where God wants to take me. The third thing. that that word power is, is strength and energy to carry out an enterprise. Strength and energy to carry out an enterprise. So it's not only ability and creative understanding, it's not only an increased capacity, but it is the strength or the motivation to see it carried out. How many of you know you can have the greatest faith in all the world, but if you have no action with it, it's not going to do anything? There has to be a shift, not only in our thinking, but there has to be a shift in how we learn to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. Okay? There's a shift in my thinking or my understanding, and there is also a a shift in my cooperation with the Holy Spirit. So I now start shifting and changing certain things in my life. Now, I want to make this point, and I, then I'm going to have to shut this down. Maybe we can continue this on because there's a lot in me that I feel God wants to deliver. But one of the things that all of us are stuck with is 24 hours in the day. There are only a certain number of hours in the week. What this means is this, that you cannot get more of that. So you have to learn to prioritize what you get. And if you're going to cooperate with what the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life, 
That means there are going to have to be changes and adjustments in scheduling in order to cooperate with what the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life. I have to prioritize what God wants to do. If he's giving me an increase of not only insight and ability, revelation, he gives me an increase in capacity, he is also giving me an increase in energy to carry out that enterprise. Good. So I now have to bring my behavior congruent with what God's plan and purpose is for my life. Amen. I have to begin to give my energies within that limited time frame that God, God has given, that, that, that are prioritized in line with that. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You, you, you're capturing this. Yeah. I think a lot of times we're spending our time on the wrong things. A few months ago when God made clear to me Walk in your grace. Walk in your grace. I know my grace. Yeah, I've got grace. I, there are certain things that I can do and I can do for a season. Now, have you ever done something in the season and the grace lifts? Have you ever, have you ever found the grace can lift off of you? Well, it's when, when the grace lifts, it doesn't mean that God's just through with you. What it means is that you've stepped into a different season. And what it means is that God is now wanting to continue down that path of enlargement and increase, but you now have to learn how to cooperate with that. That means you cannot always do what you've always done. You do have to make some adjustments. I have to make adjustments. And I begin to see and I, I begin to walk in this new thing. And I will tell you this, that I've had to continue. The part of what I'm giving you today is directly connected to this thing that God's been doing in my own life. That I know God is wanting to unstick me from the place, from the stuff that sometimes can become a security to us. Hello? Amen. Because I've, I'm used to certain things. Living on the edge can be insecure. Yeah. <laughs> Going... Yeah. Going into new areas can be a little daunting. God pushing you out from your comfort zone can be a little scary. But you know what? If you, if you really understand why God wants to do that, it's because God wants to cultivate dependence. So the, you know, the more secure I am in my own self and where I'm at, the less I'll learn to depend on God. The more on the edge God takes me, the more I have to depend on, oh, God, will you be there for me? Will you help me? Will you? I haven't ever been here before, Lord. Show me what to do. Yes. <laughs> help me learn to follow you, God, and stay close to you. Yeah. Take me into the new thing that you have. Yeah. But, oh, God, let me stay close to you. Yeah. Amen. Listen to me. This is the culture that I want. This is what I want in every one of our leaders. Mm -hmm. This is what I want to see cultivated in your heart. Mm -hmm. This raw, unvarnished, passionate love for God yes. that is pushing you and propelling you past where you are mm -hmm. into new things. And people stand back and look and go, wow, wow, I would have never thought it of them. Mm, come on. Look at what God is doing. That's not them. That's God. That's God. You see, God gets glorified when God takes you into things that you can't do and he can do. Amen. So, Lord, 
Make us that kind of people. Make us that kind of culture. Let us impart, Lord, this kind of life to every person that we have contact with and we have leadership over. Increase our ability, our wisdom, our understanding. Increase our capacity. Increase, Lord God, our strength and our energy to carry out an enterprise. And Lord, at the end of the day, may it be so awesome that men stand in awe, giving you glory and giving you praise. We ask for this now in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen.